0: Exactly. <laughs> After Alderaan, I'm Caroline Guthrie. I'm Meg Fariello. We are a podcast dedicated to recreating our childhood journeys through the Star Wars Expanded Universe and seeing how it's different as an adult. And this week we read and are discussing Champions of the Force by Kevin J. Anderson. Yeah, it's the third book in the Jedi Academy trilogy, which we both read as youngsters yeah this was this one was big for me this was my main one I had what I now know is the abridged version I did not know yeah. going in, but I had the abridged version on audiobook I listened to it a bajillion times cleaning my yeah. room so you would have thought that I would have known <laughs> what was going to happen and like on one level I did and on another uh-huh. level I'm shocked like no, you, you didn't warn me. <laughs> how far down? This is. I thought this was going to be like a normal book with characters and a story and yeah, and an arc. Of it. And yeah, so so maybe I, I was thinking of like how to start this because I don't know that our like high point low point. No, I don't think we can play high point low Get us point. very far. But I was thinking like sort of going sticking to the premise of our podcast right and going backwards. Like, what was it about? these – this series of books that would be – would have been compelling as, like, 12-year-old Caroline and Meg. Okay. Hmm. So, for me, I think – and I, like, again, I've mentioned this, I think, when we were the first two. I don't remember these that well. I did not listen to them as many times. Right. <laughs> they have not stuck with me. As I was reading this, like, the Gavin Forrest stuff, I, like, kind of remembered. Um, But I think for me, like, back then, these books would have been compelling. Because I did just want to see stories about our three mains, basically. And I wanted to learn more about their kids. <laughs> and that's what you got in these books. And I think, as an adult, that is not what I want out of the Star Wars <laughs> Expanding Universe. Yeah, I feel like as a kid, A, I had probably, I had already read the Young Jedi Knights books. Because I right. got this audio cassette set for Christmas, which means that, There was already, like, a known interest in the Star Wars universe. So, like, I was excited to see more about Jason and Jaina's childhood, because I love Jason and Jaina so much. I was just excited to see Han and Leia, because I loved Han and Leia so much. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, I was never, like, super interested in the Jedi Academy stuff, like the Yavin 4 stuff. But even that was appealing, because it has this idea of, like, there's room for new characters in this universe, right? So... The idea, and we've talked about this before, but, like, finding a space for me in the Star Wars universe. Like, right. Where's, yeah, like, where do I exist? Where's my path? Yeah. Where's my path into this story? Right. Um, yes. I mean, yeah, and, like, you... And these few somewhat interesting characters. Yeah, and these books do give you a lot of different paths into the story. Yeah, it's interesting that it gives you like paths into the story and then like shoots a cage up around (laughs) you. It's like this is where we're stuck. Because there's a there's this sort of expectation, I think, especially from the first book, that like there's room to grow. And I don't know that this book delivers on that. Space. Yeah, I felt like this book and I had had a miscommunication, or like this series and I had had a miscommunication, and I thought that the story, the main overarching story that I was supposed to be investing in Mm -hmm. was Luke... You know, getting the Jedi Academy off the ground, right? Number right. one. Well, that's Je- what I uh, from the title of the yeah. trilogy. Number that one was also it's what called it comes. the Jedi Academy <laughs> trilogy. Number one, Jedi search, search yeah. for Jedi's. Okay, let's go for it. Okay. Number two, Dark Apprentice. Uh oh, something's going wrong with an apprentice. Let's stick right. with it. Number three, Champions of the Force. Let's finish this out. Right. But apparently what the books thought that I was supposed to invest in was the Maw installation of scientists installed by Grandma of Tarkin. I could not take the Maw installation. <laughs> I was like, I do not care. They like, all seem my like idiots. That is what it all builds to. I know. That is, is where we all converge up. is the Maw installation. And like, I can give a crap. Like, they wrap up so many, like, important plot points, like, halfway through the book. Yeah, oh And then we are left with the Maw installation, which, ugh. Oh. Yeah, and, I mean, we gotta talk about the Maw okay, installation, okay. unfortunately. So, <laughs> so maybe, let's, I, I think we've done really good with the last two books of just, like, bare bones. Yeah. This is what it is. So let's get down to it. Luke, he's still in a coma. <laughs> His favorite place to be because he loves to <laughs> sleep. But he's like, then he, <laughs> but then his consciousness is awake. Yeah, he's in a coma and yeah, his consciousness is kind of awake. Leia takes Leia and Han and the twins go to him and Leia's a weepy mess and everyone's really, really upset. Yeah. Which I guess is understandable. He's in this very deep coma. They're all the Jedi apprentices. Apprentices? Are like, He's definitely alive. He's so alive. Yeah. We just, like, can't do anything. (laughs) (laughs) We give up. There's no medical service on this planet, so. (laughs) No. So then Exar Kun's ghost is trying to find different ways to destroy Luke's body, ultimately, Mm -hmm. mostly with the help of Jason and Jaina, who, because they're horrifying uh, child twin creepy ghosts, they can see Luke perfectly and hear him. Yeah, they can see him. He just walks him through. And then Luke wakes up. When they destroy Exercune, also when they destroy Exercune, Kip Duran, who's been just high, ho, hopping and bopping around the universe, yeah. murdering millions upon millions, yeah. including his brother, including his brother, um, he, he snaps out of the dark side when Exercune is destroyed, right. and uh, then he and Luke go to destroy the Sun Crusher again, and that's how they end up at the monstellation Convergence at the end. Yeah. Han uh, goes to. Get Kip, and after he gets Kip, he agrees to drop Lando off on Kessel.
1: He and meeting
0: Mara Jade. Because Lando's meeting Mara Jade to talk That's about. about <laughs> yeah, she's... <geez>. Um, <laughs> and they end up. Ugh, they, they end up hitched to the Death Star. Because, yeah, that was where oh, I got God. a little lost. <laughs> so there's like a new. So an, aside from the Sun Crusher, they've also. The Monstellation has been working on a third Death Star. Yeah. And have just been like hiding it around. Yeah, they've been building the they've been building another Death Star and Chewie is the only person who gives a crap that there are still enslaved people and right. aliens at the Monstellation. Yeah, him and Three PO are trying to help. So he and 3PO and Wedge and Quizoks lead a rebel group to the Monstellation right. to try to free the enslaved Wookiees. And the monstellation scientists, who we will talk about, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> escape on this new Death Star. They go and blow up Kessel's moon. And yeah. that's how Han and Lando and Mara Jade end up trying to destroy this new Death Star. And are also hanging out by the Monstellation. Meanwhile, yeah. Leia gets word that someone's going to try to kidnap her baby. So oh yeah, the guy who betrayed... Admiral Ackbar feels real bad about it, so he goes to Yavin and is like, "Leia, I'm being control- controlled, mind controlled by the Imperials somehow, and like they're gonna kill your baby." And she's like, "Oh no!" And she oh no, they're gonna the- take the baby and raise it to adulthood, oh, right? right. <laughs> evil, which is worse. So <laughs> Leia's like freaked out, and she leaves her twins with strangers yeah. on Yavin Four, which we we'll also have to talk about. Yeah, leaves them, goes to. Mon Calamari talks to Adam or Akbar, who has quit his job, and is like, I'm just gonna help out my people here. Because, of and course, like, they have to physically go to Mon Calamari. Yes, you can't call him. Physically go to Mon Calamari, tell Adam or Akbar Winter and Anakin are in trouble, who are his two favorite people. Right? <laughs> yeah, and so, don't know where this like, came from? It's very weird. odd. <laughs> it's very weird. It seems to come out of nowhere. So, they go, there's like nanny droid shenanigans, and like they Anakin and Winter end up being fine. Yeah, they <laughs> work it out. Yeah. And after that, Leia doesn't do anything. Oh yeah, Mon Mothma's dying and she makes Leia the Chief of State because that's yeah. how it works. You just like uh, anoint yes. your successor if you're <laughs> the Chief of <laughs> State. Death yeah. Um, but then ultimately, uh, Seagal, who is the Mon Calamari Jedi apprentice that Leia met in the last book, right. uh, she uses the Force to get the disease out of Mon Mothma, which seems like it should be a big deal. Um but yeah, Mon Mothma harmless. is like, Yeah, I'm gonna be fine, but I'm still I quit. Leia, you're in charge. And yeah, I've had enough. <laughs> Leia says shucks. And yeah. over at yeah. the Monstelation. They Yeah. Well, yeah, they, they manage so Kip is trying to figure out how to destroy the Sun Crusher and the Death Star and every bad ship that's out there. He ends up like crashing it into something, but he escapes literally Folds his body into like a message tube. <laughs> yeah, a tiny little message canister. I mean, they say it's coffin-sized. They bring that up a lot. Yeah, but they say he literally bends his bones and like. <laughs> yeah, he like it snaps his wrists. It's crazy. His legs and stuff. But he gets out, and then he's like, "I think I want to be a Jedi." <laughs> and then they're all on Yavin at the end and watching the sunrise together. Yeah, and it seems like. Everyone's gonna be fine. <laughs> it Looks like we did a great, we did a great job. Yeah. Great job. It it slept through half the book, still it, managed. To it worked out time. great. <laughs> okay, so which aspect of this story do you want to address first? Do we have any like Let's big things? Get the Maw installation out of the way. <laughs>
1: oh, God. Okay, because I'm
0: not even sure I understand half of what's going on. Okay, so I I have. I understand a little, now that I've, okay. I've looked into it a little more, I understand a little bit of where this ma installation thing came from. Because I read the About the Author page, because when I was frustrated, I was like, how much longer does this book go on? Yeah. So <laughs> <Yeah>. I flipped <laughs> to the back. end, and uh, About the Author starts with, after working for 10 years as a technical writer for one of the largest government research laboratories in the country, uh-huh. Kevin J. Anderson can honestly say he has never, ever met a brilliant but naive weapon scientist who even remotely resembles Quizouks. Never in his career has he attended meetings as pointless or time-wasting as those described mm-hmm. in this book. He has never worked for an incompetent manager as wrapped up in procedures and irrelevancies as, Ma administ- as the Ma Administrator. And he has never told a lie in his entire life. So obviously... This comes from personal experience. <laughs> this comes from personal experience, and it, like when I read that, it all clicked in my head, and it reminded me of Arrested Development. When yeah. Tobias was like, "This is ripe for parody." Like, yeah. This, yeah. Is <laughs> this, this is ripe. This is ripe. Obviously, what was happening? Yeah, he was like this. Yeah, because it seems so odd, like tonally, it is so the odd. The rest of the book, it is and like so the rest specific. of anything he's written. It felt like, so he when he discusses, so what ha- the Maw was an installation of scientists that were guarded yeah. by Admiral Dalla and her Star Destroyers, right. and after the events of the first book, Admiral Dala and the Star Destroyers left, and the scientists right. stayed back basically unguarded, and but they're still going along, being Empire scientists, which seems to be primarily that they have these meetings, and the descriptions of the meetings are like, if you were describing a Saturday Night Live sketch about yeah. Star Wars characters having meetings, like they are even, it specifically said, like drinking coffee and eating pastries in their yeah. meeting, which that's so, like, couldn't you just call it a different thing to make it a little bit Star Wars? Right. <laughs> <laughs> like they're just like have mugs of coffee, like I heart Tarkin on the, yeah. <laughs> on the cut. Yeah, they really love Tarkin. They love Tarkin. Um, Tarkin. Little off topic, but Tarkin was apparently like a very sort of progressive kind of imperial leader. Because yeah, that's how he's sort of described. He was promoting a lot of like women and finding potential in alien races and all, and yeah, really not sticking to the empire's no, uh prejudices. So, yeah. good yes. on you, Grandma Tarkin. <laughs> I guess <laughs> one good thing we could say about you <laughs> one good thing about Grandma Tarkin, he wasn't prejudiced. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, But yeah, so so they're just, like, going through this story. Yeah, Mm -hmm. like, trying to figure out, like, the best. So they're constantly, like, engaging in space battles and fleeing rebel insurgencies and attacking places and stuff. But it's just full of inanities and them calling meetings. Yeah, and a lot of bureaucracy and, like – And it's obviously supposed to be extremely comedic, but it just feels really weird. It feels weird and, like, I was so bored. <laughs> the Mons It is after. really boring. It's, like – it's just, like, a joke that I'm not, you know – Yeah, and I think maybe if we worked at that laboratory – we would get and it, Anderson. We would get it, and we would like know who exactly. Like, if we knew exactly who he was referencing, I'm like, oh my god, that's really Jim. Like, <laughs> that's who that character is based on. Then yes, like I get that, but like we're not in on the joke, and so like we get that it's a joke, but it's not funny. No, it feels, I mean, not to cycle cycle back to Saturday Night Live too much, but it feels like when I was a kid and I would watch reruns of Saturday Night Live from like 10 or 15 years before, and they would be doing like political sketches, and I wouldn't know who the politicians were. Right. You know, it's just right, not yeah. as funny. Funny, right. You kind of need to like be in on the joke and we're not in on the monster. <laughs> not at all. It feels like a joke on me. Yeah, no, no like, I was feeling as frustrated as the stormtroopers. Just, like, could someone just kill these people already? Yeah, like, like, we need to not. This is not working out. Um, and why is there another Death Star? I don't, that also, like, when I read that, I was like, Enough, enough's enough with the like giant death ships. Yeah, I mean that one hurt. That one hurt my feelings because yeah, well, I already accepted that Return of the Jedi we get a second Death Star. Right. Is it the most creative fine. plot? No, but fine. Like we rolled with right. it. But I have now been along to blow up two Death Stars, and right. I'm dealing with a Sun Crusher in this book. Um, yeah, uh, it's we're done. Like I'm over the super weapons. Find yeah. a different thing. And it's, it's just it's frustrating. On a lot of levels, but the f- main one is that we or we introduced the sun crusher, and we were like in the first book, there's like no weapon, it's way worse than the death star. It's like you know, be more scared of this, and then, like we still the sun crusher and they are like, "But here's another little death star on top like there's, <laughs> there's no shock value to it no because we already we've already been told that the death star isn't as good as this other one, yeah, weapon. and they still have the sun crusher. Right, so it's just like, uh, you know, if you're trying to, like, piling things on top of each other, does not make something more shocking or scary. Yeah, so now, like, my big final battle is a a group of doofuses, because they have been well-established as just bureaucratic doofuses, aboard something I know is going to get blown up, because that is what you do with Death Stars. Right, I've seen it happen. Yeah, (laughs) and I'm not, I don't care if these doofuses get blown up, I'm just annoyed it's taking this long. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's just like introducing a lot of things that we've already seen and I guess maybe that's like compelling to a reader I don't who know. Just wants to watch the movies over and over again, but it's not even as good as the movie. Yeah, so. and speaking of things we've already seen, the repetition of lines from the movies in this I case, can't <laughs> I got there what was the one I wrote down that I couldn't even take it? Oh. XRQ, XR and quoting the Emperor uh, about Luke. That Luke one made, made me so I <laughs> threw the across the room. He says, um, he says the line that the Emperor said, or, so, when Luke, in Return of the Jedi, when Luke goes, um, your overconfidence is your weakness. Right, your overconfidence is your weakness, and he's like, your faith in your friends is yours. And I was like, XRQ quotes the Emperor. <laughs> to been Luke been dead for thousands of years. Luke even says, I've heard talk like that yeah. before. Yeah, and Luke isn't like, oh my god, how do you know what the emperor said? Can you, like, travel? Like, this is insane. Luke's just like, I guess it's just like a dark side thing The dark side people say. They go to the dark side, you know, book and it has lines that you use. And, like, so many of these quotes, like that one, don't even fit this situation. Right, it's Be- like trying to... F- box it in to, so like, yeah, because, like, in with XRQ and Luke, Luke says something along the lines of, you know, like, you don't have a physical body, like, this is your weakness, you have to rely on other people, and XRQ's like, your faith in your friends is yours, and it's just, Luke doesn't what? even have any friends here. He yeah, has a sister, a niece and a no. nephew, and trainees. He's not friends with his trainees. Okay. He barely has spoken to them. <laughs> Maybe we should talk about Luke. <laughs> Maybe I'm gonna get real mad. Real fast. It's, it's gonna be a problem. So, my New York accent might come flying out. Like, it's about to get real. Alright, let's do it. So, Luke is in a coma. Yep. He's in like a hardcore coma. <laughs> this is not a light coma. <laughs> this, is a light coma. <laughs> this is not a light coma. This is a deep, deep, for reals coma. Yeah. He's in a coma. He, like, is awake inside his body at first. And then, all of a sudden, He's a ghost. Yeah, so he's <laughs> <laughs> he's in a coma, and he's in like one hundred percent a coma. Brain off, body yeah. breathing. Coma. Right, he's alive, but a coma. And then Kip blows up the Karita, right? Oh, star oh! I forgot about that. Murdering so same thing millions. that happens, in, in A New Hope, and they quote that line too, of like yeah. a thousand voices. There's been a great disturbance in the force, and so the a forest, thousand right, voices cried out at once, cried before. out, and were silenced. Again. Something yeah, terrible has happened. Leia says on that whole stories. paragraph. She wasn't there. You yeah. think Han would be like, you know, that's something like. Because all these people remember every conversation that they've had. Yeah, but they don't perfectly. remember that they, they like say it and then forget and then say it again <laughs> and then forget. But anyway, so yeah, so the the death of all these people uh, wake him up. Yeah, wake, but wakes his ghost. His consciousness, yeah. But he's like. A force ghost. Yeah, they even describe, like, he looks down, he's like, oh, I look just like Obi-Wan Kenobi did when he appeared to me as a force ghost. Can someone explained to me? There's a lot of, like, magic in this book. Or, like, unexplained, and not, like, force magic, just, like... No, just magicy magic. Just magic! Like, how are you a force ghost if you're not dead? Yeah, and I thought that when I was remembering it because I did of course remember that Luke was a ghost yeah. I thought that it was when Kip attacked him that he essentially like ripped his consciousness from his body right, like, as his a dark body. side attack yeah, no. but that wasn't what happened they just were like turning him off but also like oh my god I have so many questions <laughs> so like the pain of thousands of people can turn you into a force ghost if you're in a coma yeah okay <laughs> Is that what we're going with? (laughs) I guess like they they said that that there was a ripple in the force from the, like it was a big ripple. And so I think it just like shook him out of his body. (laughs) So how big does the ripple have to be to get shaken out of your force comb? (laughs) It's like a really big ripple. A really big one. Like, I think it's more of a wave than a ripple, really. Um... This is so crazy. So he's a force ghost, yeah, and he's like learning how to use his force ghost legs like a baby deer, like <laughs> <he's> just like Gliding <laughs> along. And he's like trying to talk to all his Jedi apprentices, and they can't hear him, hear him. And he, he tries to talk to R two, and yeah, and, and R two. He's like really touched at how much R two loves him, which yeah. so I'm like, that's his job—is to love you. So <laughs> yes. get over is it. Real. Yeah, or maybe it is. God knows. Maybe it is. Right. right. But like he's like out of everyone, he's like, oh my god, R two. R two is really worried about. R two cares so much. And then R R2, two, R 2s gonna have nobody if you die. So they're gonna <laughs> recycle R two if you die. So he's like trying to talk to everybody, can't. And then he realizes that Jaina and Jason somehow can see. Him. They can see him. Not even a like, not kind of clear no, as day. It. They're just like, yeah, yeah, he's right there. Yeah, there's our there's our uncle. He's right there, right there. It's Fine. Also, not explained. No, nope. they're just super force sensitive, magic, 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 magic twins. twin babies. Yeah, magic twin babies. It's too many that's things stacked on top of each other. They're twins. Yeah, that's the thing is like a make They're twins. They're super magic. <laughs> they're, they're twins. They're magic-y. and they're little. There's always yes. that, like, kids seeing ghost things. Yeah, know. so it's, like, sort of creepy and weird. And then... And they are so chill about it. They could give a crap that their uncle's a ghost. Like, like it's, it's as if he is not a ghost. Like, they're just like, that's our uncle. He doesn't really hang out with us that much when he's, like, not a ghost. So, like, whatever. Yeah, because, like, initially they show up. Also, okay, this is too many things. <laughs> I have to <laughs> fall apart. <laughs> I have to make a statement about Han and Leia's parenting because they get the word that Luke is in a coma and right. Leia's just like, oh my gosh, we have to go to his side immediately. And Han Han comes too, so it's Han, Leia, and their two and a right. half-year-old children, and they're like, We're gonna go see your uncle, but he can't talk to you. He's asleep. Um and the kids accept that they're like, Is he dead? And Leia like freaks out and yells yeah. at them. Um, because that's appropriate. Also, because right. a two and a half year old has any conception of life and death, but whatever. Right, right. Um, and they get there and, uh, one of the kids, I don't know, asks, like, well, what's wrong with him? And Han's like, I don't know, maybe you can help make him better. What? <laughs> yeah. Put that on the kid. <laughs> what two and a half year old can cope with that? But they do. They That's the crazy part. So they, uh, also, Hanley is parenting. Leia leaves – so she gets the word that baby Anakin's in trouble. And she's like, what am I going to do? And Seagal is like, don't worry, just leave the kids with us. But, like, she doesn't know these people from Adam. Like, <laughs> she kind of knows Seagal a little bit. They hung out once on a bad she, day at Calamari. Kal- yeah, but she hasn't – like, there's there's just 12 strangers on the planet. And she's like, take and it And by the way, mind. those 12 strangers do a terrible job. terrible job. They – mortal danger nonstop. Like – <sighs> also, when Leia gets the word that Baby Anakin's in danger, like because this also Turf I don't even know if we can get to him, but he no, is. I don't know that we should <laughs> off the Sorry. chain. He makes no sense. He's just like a yeah. collection of random outbursts. Someone needs to sedate him heavily, <laughs> yeah. but he shows up. He's like, oh my gosh, Ambassador Fergan is going to go kidnap Baby Anakin, Leia freezes up and the thought that inhabits her is like, wow, I used to be really good at making plans and springing into action, but now that I have children I just don't know what to do anymore. Like, ever since I had kids, I've been <laughs> paralyzed and I can't make choices. Well, no, I mean, let's table Jane and Jason for a second. Okay. But now that we're on the baby Anakin thing, the other thing that's infuriating as Han and Maya's parents is like that moment, right? But also she's like, oh my god, the only two people in the universe who know where this baby is are Luke and Akbar cuz they like kept it secret right so Luke's in a coma we can't ask him so the only other person we can ask is Ask Ask is Akbar she's like maybe that wasn't the best decision for the safety of my child <laughs> and then at the end of the book when they like finally get baby Anakin home Han and Leia are both like you know what we should just keep the kids with us they're safer anyway and I wanted to be like, what yes! you spent 3 books with your kids like almost at death's door nonstop we, like, have questions. Why are these kids with you? And they're just, like, super cash. Just like, you know what? The way we're doing it, not so great. Yeah. Also, you have a death nanny robot <laughs> taking care of this baby. That nanny robot is a death machine. <laughs> so creepy. Also, the way they described it with its fleshy arms. makes <laughs> want to die. Fleshy hands and what? a fleshy chest. For yeah, someone like, <laughs> keeps the baby. It's amazing that Anakin ended up being the most normal of these three with that <laughs> crazy robot lady. And Jason and oh, Jada oh were also being raised by this robot baby. Baby. Oh, That's true. Oh. Maybe because Anakin didn't have to spend two years getting he got out <laughs> earlier. And- <laughs> but yeah, it's like you you sacrificed any kind of meaningful connection with your children at this age. Right. Not to say you can't make it up, but like for apparently needlessly. They're just yes. like we'll keep them safe from now on. Also, Han and Leia keep, like, talking about how, like, we're both going on adventures by ourselves. Like, why don't we have adventures together? And I want to be like, why not? The whole book, you're spending willy-nilly around the galaxy. Nobody spends two seconds together. Yeah, (laughs) not? Why? As a reader, I ask myself. (laughs) That is also what I ask. At least Han and Leia seem to like each other in this book. They seem, yeah, for the sake of the children. (laughs) (laughs) It seems like they're just, like... Our kids are in danger, let's just put our marital right. We have to cycle back to Luke, though, because okay. we're not yeah. done with this guy. So, no. Jason and Jada are there with the 12 strangers, and... Right, who are babysitting. Yeah, and Seagal brings them by and says, like, hey, you know, here's your uncle, he's still right there, he's fine, and they just, like, point to his ghost, and are like, yeah, he's right there. Yeah, I can see him. Yeah, there's Uncle Luke, he says that, yeah. uh, blah, blah. And they, everyone is just like, oh, hey, these kids can see him. Not, <laughs> there's no doubt. There's no question. No. They're just like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, there he is.
1: And Xarqun
0: is talking to Stream and trying. to – Oh th- yeah, and Stream. Uh, Gets like possessed, sort of, by XOQ. Let Stream go home. Stream was evil. Let Stream go home. Although we find out at the end of this book that he has like storm from X-Men powers where he can like control the weather. Yeah, the air. But (laughs) Stream was brought here under false pretenses. Yeah, he thought this was going to be a lark. He thought he was going to be by himself. He could get some time. He can learn to shut out other people's voices. And instead, he's being haunted 24-7 by a demon ghost voice. Yeah. Contract void. Also, there's a point where they're like, hey, Luke is in a coma, there's an evil ghost murdering people, uh, two people have fallen to the dark side, the Jedi- maybe we should leave, and Leia flips out at them yeah, and yells, and is, like, is like, you are champions of the force, and you have a right. duty to do blah blah, I was like, I don't remember, this was Part like the, the army, US. like, we yeah. can quit. Yeah, also you should, and you should get those kids off the planet with the Dark Lord ghosting. <laughs> like, yeah, why? I mean, the fact that Exarch Hune did not try to corrupt Jason and Jaina is yeah a real Rose. oversight on his part. So what happens is he, like, tries to possess Stream, and Stream is, like, a mess, and it's just, like, not happening. And then he sends these sort of, like, Yavin 4, we learned from uh, the Young Jedi Knight series, is filled with, like, just, like, monster creatures yeah. out in the woods just, like, Horrify fi- your worst nightmare creatures, and so Ecto keen like possesses a couple of them and sends them to go kill Luke. Yeah, they're, I I basically was just picturing like multi headed ter- multi headed pterodactyls. Right? Yeah, yeah, they're like winged, very scary. And so Luke's like, oh crap, like they're gonna kill me, and he's like, Jason, come over here. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, Jason, I'm gonna go nuts. Jason, <laughs> pick up this lightsaber and murder these creatures. I will help you. I will help you. You'll be fine. And that is how he saves his body, is by telling Jason how to lightsaber fight. He is two years old. They keep talking about how he's, like, short little legs so he can't run too fast. <laughs> <laughs> they mentioned his stubby little legs, like, multiple times. Yeah. He is so small and so tiny, and he's wielding this giant lightsaber made for a man <laughs> at these Death monsters. And so, yeah, he wakes up Jason and Jaina, and he's like, <laughs> oh, I can't. And he's like, Jaina, go wake up the other trainees, but we don't have time to wait. Jason, you, right now, put yeah. your tiny body between the monsters and me. <laughs> I don't oh want God. to die. Right. You'll be fine. Right, yeah. If, you know, you have to sacrifice yourself. <laughs> that's what happens. I can't die. I got too much sleep to do when I wake up from this coma. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm so important. The fate of the galaxy depends on my, my training. Yeah. These people, yeah. two out of uh, two and a half out of thirteen of whom have fallen to the dark side, <laughs> of <laughs> one of whom is dead. <laughs> um, you'll be, you'll be fine. It'll be fine. And the thing is, is that like unlike XRQ, you can like possess bodies. Like Luke isn't really possessing. No, he's, like, Luke, guiding him. Yeah, but, like, I mean it's. Luke says, I'll guide you. So, I mean, maybe he could try to do some hand over hand, but his hand would not. He was just telling him what to do. Yeah, his hand would not have any physical impact. He right. could just be like that way. Right. Um, over there. Well, duck. Like. <laughs> <laughs> and even if I could, I mean, not with a lightsaber, because, you know, lightsaber, but even if I could, like, hold, physically hold a two and a half year old's hand. Right. I- and tr- I don't think I could fight off a seagull with a tennis racket that way, much less yeah. a multi-headed pterodactyl with a lightsaber. And then, <laughs> and, and then, all the apprentices run in because Jada woke them up, and they sh- they come in with her because they're not like, oh, there's demons in here. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <just>, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> Wait outside. They come in we with her, your brother. and they're like, we should help, and someone's like, we should help Jason, and Seagal's like, oh, it doesn't look like Jason needs our help. He's <laughs> oh my god, I wrote that down. Oh. What do you mean? It's mean he's a two-year-old wielding a lightsaber and a pterodactyl. Like, I'm sorry, he needs help. Yeah, he needs help. He needs a lot of help. He needs help. <sighs> so they defeat the pterodactyls, and Jason and Jada, like, Creepy twins get the word from like you have to defeat Xarqun and then Uncle Luke will yeah. wake up. Which why? I don't know. I don't know why anything in that series of events happens. Like it makes no sense. And so they defeat Xarqun with lightsabers. Yeah, he's been dead for four thousand years. <laughs> How can you kill him with a lightsaber? I Something about like the light. Shuts out the dark. The way to extinguish a, a, a shadow is to increase the light. light. But to turn the lights on, then. But that is a metaphor. <laughs> I guess that would really happen. Like, I don't understand. I hope Exocune's not actually dead. And he, yeah. I mean, he's not actually defeated. He's just like, fine, forget it. Like Yeah, you guys are annoying. I'm gonna go yeah. play cards with Quarrel, who is yeah, even now. Right, he's still there. <laughs> Officer, too. <laughs> yeah, so then Luke wakes up. Mm-hmm, and they and just like, a job. Yeah. But again, like, that is less than halfway through. A, right, that is, yeah, he's like, they're defeated XRQ, who's like, I would think going into this series, the main villain. Yeah, but this is. But he's not. The Maw installation is the main yeah, villain. who like, no, falls no. at the Maw installation. Also, when they do finally defeat XRQ, and he, like, tries to use the dark side to suffocate them, all that. Jason and Jane are there, too. It's the yeah. middle of the night. They yeah. woke up the toddlers to be like, hey, we're going to go defeat an evil right. spirit to that? try to resurrect your your uh, uncle. We think maybe we could do it with lightsabers. Lightsabers seem to fix everything. Mm-hmm. Um, come along. No explanation. And it's not like I need, like, I mean, I'm fine with things being vague, and, but this is just, like, ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could give me something. Give me a little something. It's really frustrating. No, it was <laughs> it was really bad. And so then and further into this like the force situation. Yeah. So at the moment that they defeat Exarcune, Kip is about to murder Han. They've caught up to him right. in the Millennium Falcon. Right, he's about to shoot him. And he's about to shoot shoot Han and destroy the Millennium Falcon. And as soon as Exarcune is gone, as soon as he's out of the universe, right. Kip's head just clears Right. he takes a deep breath and he's like oh my gosh Han I'm so sorry I surrender I'm ready to talk so right. was Kip possessed did Kip not actually like, fall to the dark side like I have no idea because it doesn't really seem like he's possessed the first half of this book no it seems like he's just fallen to the dark side like they right, like, made he's his just choices like, I need incredibly, incredibly quickly I mean yes it. I mean I guess that's just the snap of your fingers you can be dark side you can be light side yeah <laughs> But yeah, it's just I don't understand. But also like why Exarchane's disappearance, especially because Kip is nowhere near Yavin Four, like why that way? Right. Like does his power cause him to snap out I mean, of it. The force in this book is inexplicable. Because all the ghost stuff aside, that Exarchane thing, but also the way Kip escapes in that pod <laughs> <laughs> out. Yeah. Like, it's just there's like magic. That's, involved. I feel like that's the problem with the Force here is that there is no spiritual element to the Force at all and yeah, so it becomes just like, cool. just like poorly defined magical powers. Right. And like very x many. I mean, I guess that, we had that sort of critique with the Young Jedi Knights too, but yeah. at the end, they're like, uh, Seagal, she can. she's like the healing Jedi and Streen is like the weather Jedi. Like, yeah, he even says, Instead like, of, and these guys haven't found their special talent yet, but the idea being, okay, everyone's gonna why, specialize in some aspect of the it's, force. It's not like Luke in the original series had, like, a special force talent. Like, he's just good at the force. Oh, <laughs> and the other thing, sorry, I'm getting really sidetracked. The other thing we find out about Tion is that she's, like, crap at the <laughs> yeah. Luke has sat her down and said, listen, honey, you don't have it. Like, <laughs> you better leave the big city and go back to your farm because, like, <laughs> this, this is not, not gonna, happening. It's <laughs> not happening for you. And she's like, no, I just love, like, the history of the Jedi and the lore of the Jedi so much that I'm just gonna, like, try real hard. And he's like, I guess okay. I guess he could stick around. But, like, in Young Jedi Knights, like, she's, she's training them, and she's like, okay. Yeah, I mean, maybe and this, again, goes back to the whole thing of, like, how many degrees of force power are there? Because, right. The idea that you could have someone who's amazing at the Force, and someone who's okay at the Force, and someone who's just barely got the Force. Like, it's too... I mean, I sort of, I always was under the impression that, like, if someone is Force-sensitive, they can be trained and become really good. Right. I mean, I, mean I, I have no problem with the idea that some people are more, are naturally more attuned, right. it comes more fluidly, you know, whatever. But it's... You know, Go back to Harry Potter. Some yeah. people have an easier time with it than others, but they all right. have the potential, right, to be great. Wizards. To be great wizards, right? It comes quicker in some. Some are more like given a charm. Some get potions. Some whatever. But like all of them, if they do the work, if they put it in, they can. Right. They can get there. Wizards, right. yeah. Uh, like school, yeah. Like you know, if you you know if you're capable. But with this, it's just like either it's on or it's off. Sometimes it's on. Sometimes it's off. Like. You know you have a special force power, people can be like sort of chosen ones with the force, like there's just too much variable, yeah, there's a favorite. lot of things going on with the force, and it just seems very um like arbitrary and shifting, yeah. and what well, it seems like it serves the story like it's whatever serves the story best, right, which is not the best way to tell a story no, and I also <laughs> wish that it would serve the story a little better because. <laughs> Right, and that I mean that it goes back to our critique of Young Jedi Knights a lot. Is that like when they're using the force, like they're barely using the force, and when they're using the force, it's just like pushing someone off of a cliff. Like it's not <laughs> in that sort of spiritual like way that you think of the force. when No, like the in forest. um in Courtship of Princess Leia and Dave Wolverton's take on the force yeah. when Luke has his near death experience and a lizard right, opens again. his mouth and gives him force smoke right. to keep I him going. I'm on board for that. Like that was weird, but it was cool. It was cool, and, like, it didn't make sense in a way that made sense, if that makes any sense. Yeah! Like, it, it it had this, like, mystery kind of, like, we don't really understand what the Force is. It's a spiritual thing that, like, cannot be explained. It's just, like, everywhere. And, like, that version of a Luke dead coma, whatever, <laughs> like, makes sense. This is just, like, there's no limits to what the Force can do in these books. And so... Yeah, it, can just, it didn't feel like mystical, it was just like um, fighting a mean ghost. Right, it felt like, yeah, like sort of X-Men-y, but not Yeah, like X-Men. X-Men or, like X-Men in a haunted house. Yeah, yeah. And if the house is haunted, just like, don't stay in this house. Like, this right, was a terrible place to set up your Jedi temple. Everybody get out! Why did they stay? Also, <laughs> when we go back to, let's just talk for a second about Luke's coma. Um, okay. Luke's in a coma. And Leia says, you know, the best medics in the New Republic had examined him, and they've said that, like, he's alive, but they don't know what's causing the coma. Oh, so he's been seen by medical professionals, which is a great start. But okay. there's no, like, IV, there's no feeding mm-hmm. tube. There's just, like, he's just laying there. He's going to be dead in a couple of days. Like, there's, right? Yeah. He needs yeah. something. Maybe Leia, like, knows how much he loves to just be like a sleepy unconscious, <laughs> and she's like, you know what? This is his dream. Yeah. This is what he's always wanted, and who am I? Who am I to stand in his way? No? Like, this is just, <laughs> should let him just starve here. <laughs> this is what he wants. <laughs> That's all he's it doing. is. It's like, he's just, like, shirking his responsibilities, and he's like, you know what? Going into a coma. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is gonna lay low for a while, see if it figures itself out. <laughs> He's not worried about his family. He's not concerned about the safety of his young niece and nephew. No, he's like, children, come. Lay down your lives for me. Quick. <laughs> you deserve it. You might not be in time to sacrifice yourselves for me if you don't hurry. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's... I mean, Luke should not be, like, around adults, let alone... You so know. like He doesn't take care of anybody. He's so selfish. Luke is not to safe do. to be around anyone. He puts people in danger. He has no idea what he's doing. Like, no, zero idea what he's doing. No, and yet, and yet, maybe I guess just round out every part of Luke's story. Yeah. So <laughs> Kip surrenders. He has killed, direct quote, millions, perhaps billions, yes, billions, mm-hmm. millions, perhaps billions are dead. They bring him before the New Republic. Which, like, yeah. I need to see a charter for this organization. Yeah, like, no, it's not. What it's do they have? Yeah. By what? A, by what authority? Whatever. So that he they yeah. bring him before the New Republic. And they're yelling at him, like, you are very naughty. You have made choices we don't approve of. Yes. Um, and Kip's like, I'm really sorry, you know, I'll, I'll do whatever you say. I'm like, what if we decide to execute you? <sighs> okay, so lots of questions about that. But then yes. Mon Mothma just is like, I can't even deal with this right now. Yes. Just go to Yavin and whatever Luke says is fine. And that yeah. is the end of it. <laughs> the end of it. Yeah, because Luke is just like, well, go and go in that temple that I somehow know will have the same effect on you you that Yoda's cave on Dagobah had on me. And if you do a good job there, you can be a Jedi Knight and he does fine. And Luke says, like, okay, you're a Jedi. He killed millions of Millions of people. He stole a death weapon. He, Yeah, the justice system in the Star Wars universe is really crazy. (laughs) But I mean, does the New Republic even have an authority to try someone for killing millions of people? No, I don't know. Because, like, yes, he did, I mean, he he took the Sun Crusher when they would have preferred he not take the Sun Crusher. But But, he didn't steal it. (laughs) (laughs) Don't do that. (laughs) But he did not steal it from them. They put it in the gas planet Yavin with the idea that it would be inaccessible. And he happened to be good enough to access it, but like, right. once you put something in the trash, anyone's allowed to come take it. That's how police get DNA samples without <laughs> permission. Hey, SVU. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So like, he didn't steal anything directly from them. He no. didn't attack any, uh, planet or system affiliated with the New Republic because he was only going after imperial strongholds. Um. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's why Mon Moth was like, you know what? I don't really know what to do. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, like, what authority could they even claim over him? I mean, I guess I guess maybe if he, like, surrendered as, a, like, a member of the New Republic. I mean, he did surrender to Han. Yeah. And I guess, so I guess they could treat him as, like, an enemy combatant? Yeah. I don't know. But. It's very strange. It's very strange. And, I mean, yeah, he killed millions, but from there, and the one guy is even like, look, I'm not going to debate whether or not you did us a favor here, because, like, Good riddance to those people that you killed, but we still disapprove of your choices, yeah. <laughs> your methods. Yeah, naughty, naughty young man. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> Why'd you do that? No, no. I said you don't do that again. We, but if you do do it again, you'll probably be fine. There, there would be no consequences. <laughs> so Kip's like consequences for killing millions is that like it's he become a Jedi. He becomes a Jedi and. Feels kind of bad about being a mass murderer, but not that bad. Do you want to talk about Han and Lando and Mara <laughs> Oh, I'm so mad. They took Lando down too. Lando's yeah, been our they're one. taken everyone down. No one survived this book. No, Lando's been our bright spot, and Lando is just awful here. Lando is really awful. He's so, like, lovesick over Mara which is off putting enough, but then he's also, like, being very aggressive and harassing her. Yeah, he is basically just Mara Jade is just living her Me Too experience here. Yeah, with Lando because she's made it very clear over and over that she's not interested in him. He's hitting on right. her nonstop, nonstop, and he's finding any excuse to like worm his way into her having to deal with him. And he's yeah. using now the money and power that he has from selling a guy back into sex slavery as. Yeah questionable (laughs) as leverage to force her to pay attention to him yeah and refuses to take any signals whatsoever that she's not interested and the narrative seems to indicate that all of his behavior is fine because like she's sexy yeah well the way she's described is really unsettling like there's like i should have wrote it down or marked it but there's like a early on a description of her like She's so curvy. It's, like, the curves of a like, oh. detailed, like, star system. Like, it's I very... I remember that. Like, like, she's always wearing really, really tight jumpsuits. And I was talking about how, like, voluptuous she is. Like... Yeah, that she's really curvy. Like, and- I wrote it down. I wrote down, like, oh, we're supposed to think Marge is, like, so hot. Yeah. Like, from this description. And that she's got exotic red hair. Yeah, I don't... Yeah, I don't know. It's really... Especially because, like... It's unfortunate, and we will Thrawn, which I hope does a better job, which is what introduces her. But like, she's considered such an important, like, extended universe character. Just like really tough, been through a lot, female character, and like what we've gotten of Mara Jade so far has not been. No, great. here she's very much just like a fantasy, sexy, right. dominatrixy kind of lady, right? And it's almost like the way it's described is that she's like even sexier because she's like doesn't want to have anything to do with it. Right, like she's sneering at him and all that. But she she also but it's like the narrative wants us to think that Lando's persistence in going after her is like cute or should be rewarded or like there's times like, oh maybe it seems like she's warming up to him or Yeah, yeah, but it's like really just gross and it's not a good look. It's not a good look on Lando at all. And also I just feel like Lando's a guy who can take no for an answer. Yeah, yeah, he just he seems so like whiny and like a lovesick puppy dog, and it just it does not fit with my understanding of who Lando is. No, like Lando has social skills. Yeah, and he, yeah, he he's you know very charming, and I think I think you're right. Like the Lando of the Han Solo trilogy, like if he was you know rebuffed by a woman, I I do not think he would have this reaction. <laughs> no, to Lando, I think is the kind of guy you know, to quote. Dan Savage, who was not talking about Lando but just giving advice in general on his podcast, was like, "Would welcome the no, right? You like, yeah. you ask someone out and they say no, and you shouldn't get mad. You should be thankful that they're not wasting your time, and you can go right. off and find someone who's going to say yes. Lando's That's not right. just going to like try to bother and irritate someone into sleeping with him. And yeah. I mean, he flirted with Leia a couple of times in Empire Strikes Back, and I guess that has to be where this comes from." But that was so I different. Me, but that's. Right. And, like, part, I feel like part of that was him, like, trying to get a rise out of Han. Like, and it was not, like, aggressive. No! Part of that was him trying to get a rise out of Han. And so, like, when he first meets her, he does that, hello, what have we here? Yeah. And but when she's, like, not super into it, he backs off. And then later he's, like, oh my gosh, you look great. You truly belong with us here among the clouds. And she's not into it. And he backs right off. He's not. Right off. Yeah. He's he's not, not, like, going after her. And also, at that point, he knows that he's about to betray them to Darth Vader. So maybe he's just, like, trying to play cool or yeah. Overcomes it. I don't know, but it's not like he's, you would, but the Lando of this book would be, like, sleeping outside her door. I think part of it is that we're supposed to think that Mara Jade is, like, an irresistible, like, irresistibly gorgeous. Yeah, I feel like it's. Which is troubling. I yeah. mean, the two kind of portrayals of women we get mainly are Leia right. and Mara Jade, right? So we have just, like, right. the mother, the angel, the pure one, and then right. the hussy. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. The Madonna and the whore. Yeah, and <laughs> like both of them. Exactly. And I just get the impression that because it's clear that Mara Jade is single, sexual, right. has ha- has slept with people before, that she's just like fair game, right? That right. Lando's right. entitled to be in her space. I'm curious because I don't really remember how Mara Jade and Luke end up together in the trajectory of the EU, but like from this book or the series. I would be surprised if I didn't know that already. I uh, mean, at least Mara J doesn't spend all of her time crying like, yeah, like that, Leia. Yeah, that's a plus. Yeah, she's very proactive. She's, you know, she's doing her best to just ignore Lando and keep going. But that's because, <laughs> I have to assume that's because she is not a wife and a mother. And that something about being a wife and a mother, you're just done. Makes you, yeah. You just don't even know how to plan anything. Yeah, it's like, oh man, I used to be able to seize a lightsaber and not a lightsaber, a blaster, and spring into action, and now I just someone's going to kidnap my baby, and I'll probably still be here trying to figure out what to do when they do. Uh, Maybe I should cry about it. (laughs) (laughs) This is a critique that I've had all along these books, but this book really like made me very mad about it. But this like idea that. Characters cannot stay in the same place for more than like a chapter. Oh my god. Like yeah. This like bouncing around like Han and Leia and the twins go to Yavin at the beginning of this book and I was sort of excited, like, oh the family, like they're back together, like they're gonna try to figure out how to help Luke. And then like immediately Han's off yeah doing his thing. Leia leaves not that soon after. Like she goes to Count Camari, they go to Anath, they go back to Coruscant like it's just there's no time to settle into a place or a space. And I feel like that's really a hindrance to, like, learning more about these characters or having these characters characters develop any kind of coherent arc. Yeah, no, I feel, like, just I so feel like there's, traveling. like, I mean, there's confusion <laughs> that, like, physical momentum of characters gets, like, substituted for story right. momentum. Right. Because... Yeah, like I don't need everybody to go to like a thousand different planets. Like that's not what Star Wars. Is no, but like really, I I think I even marked it like page a hundred by page like a hundred seventy two out of three hundred and twenty two. So not even page two hundred yet. Um, right. They've defeated Xarkum. They've rescued yeah. Baby Anakin. Kip mm-hmm. has been uh you know Kip has been told off by the New Republic and sent back to Luke. Um, you know, yeah. Akbar has taken up his position again. Everything is fine and there's still more than a hundred, there's still like 150 pages of story left. Yeah. Like it's, but because there's so many threads and they're not connected to each other, it takes right. ages for things to end. Yeah. And I'm also really upset that like the characters other than Kip, who you sort of follow very closely through this book, like we spend so much time with the F and Ma installation and I'm like, I want to spend more time with Admiral Dalla. Like, with Queezooks, like, why do we introduce these characters and then sort of, like, throw them? We didn't even mention this in our recap because it doesn't really matter that much. But, like, Admiral Doll, like, ends up coming back, um, and she gets defeated, but she sort of fakes her own death and is, like, hiding out somewhere. But, like, these are characters that are super interesting and new, and, like, we just don't spend any time with them. Yeah, and these Monstellation guys were introduced so late in the game. Right, like, I don't care. And I. But just good, and God, like they are so irritating. And I understand that maybe like that's the joke, but it's that right. that joke was good for a chapter, not for right. a at the book. expense right of the entire. And like, first of all, this book could've been shorter, or we could have had more time with learning about the characters and like their motivations and what was happening. Yeah, like uh, instead of wasting time with characters that we don't care about, that seems to be like this long running joke that. Just doesn't land. Yeah, it doesn't go anywhere. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Oh, back to this idea of repeated quotes. In addition oh, yeah. to, Xarky uh, quoting the Emperor, Han says What's not it? to tell him the odds three times. Three, times. Yes. three, three goddamn times. times does he say never tell me the odds? Yeah. Um, and he's like, you know me. Don't Don't tell me the odds. odds. (laughs) And at one point, someone was just like, I don't think this is going to work out. He's like, you know better than to tell me the odds. Like, I wanted to punch him in the face. Like... He really self-quotes. And I love Han Solo so much. Yeah. like, this is what this is what's wrong with Jason, right? Like, this is, yeah, right. this is the path Jason's this leads us to Darth Very right. Yeah, this, this is the moment. <laughs> Self, self-quotation Self-quotation. Creates Leads us straight to Darth <laughs> And it went The death of Mara Jade, all because of <laughs> yeah. self-quotation. You, you said not to tell the odds three times, and that, you've killed Mara Jade now. And, like, when they're uh, at Kessel and they can't get a duel out of a prison cell or something, Lando says this, this oh, yeah. deal is getting worse all the time. It's like, yeah. there's not even a deal right now. Why are you quoting something that you said yeah. to yourself <laughs> ten years ago once? Yeah. It was aggressive, aggressive self-quotation. But apparently these people just love quotes, because when Leia yells at the Leia does nothing but yell at people and cry in this book. Yeah. And be, like, really negative, because it's also made clear that, like, she mostly doesn't like anyone. She doesn't like Kip, she doesn't like Turpfin, she doesn't like... Yeah. Which, like, I'm kind of with her, but it makes her come off kind of poorly. She's the only one who thinks... Yeah, she really doesn't... Care for people? No, she's like she didn't like Yantoris. She doesn't. Yeah, right. But yeah, she's not wrong. But she also just comes off as yeah. She's... At one point in the beginning, when Luke's in the coma, or she's thinking to herself, she says she knew Luke had been gil- diligent in his Jedi search. Diligent? She's like, oh, he, this is his dream. Like <laughs> and he's in a coma, so hard. and he's diligent in his Jedi <laughs> search. It's like you found the most ragtag group of guys, like, he was not diligent as did I said I don't know if you read the first two books later. No, but also, there's only, right. there's only one Dathomir witch at this academy. Yeah, why didn't they take all the Dathomirs? We know for a fact Dathomir is just overrun with women who can use the Force. Yeah. This poor woman left her three-year-old behind on Dathomir to come train at this nonsense nothing yeah. place. If I were her, I'd be like, you know what, I think the first boat out of there. Like, you know, we're done. Yeah, I'm this like, is nothing. <laughs> On page 204, Luke says, the trainees were reaching the limits of the techniques he himself could teach them. They've been there for a month. <laughs> maybe. Maybe a so month. It's been a month and a coma, and so, like, mission accomplished. Yeah. yeah, and again, he sleeps for 20 hours a day, so he's been teaching them for, like, maybe four hours a day for a month. Yeah. And, he's and they're done. Like, I can't do anything. It's like, I've done the best that I can. And, uh, apparently Luke quotes Yoda all the time and when he quotes Yoda he quotes like he also mimics Yoda's dialect so he says size matters not and he's got all of his trainees saying size matters not like why don't you just tell them size doesn't matter that's the way you talk (laughs) (laughs) okay so smaller points I feel like we have some time for yeah Kevin J. Anderson describes villains as having thick lips a lot and I don't know what's (laughs) up with that (laughs) But it's weird. It's a weird characteristic. Dachshund has thick lips. He's one of the constellation scientists. Bergen has thick purplish lips, which, like, the purple of his lips also comes up about as often as their thickness. (laughs) And uh, Duel also has thick lips. So, like, Mm. it's one book with three villains. Who have been getting some like fillers or something. Yeah. Like <laughs> Seems weird that that's uh that is a very strange yeah. I mean he's very as we we learned from you know, Knights, very into facial description. Especially hair as and eyes. Get a hair and eyes. eyes. I don't think we talked about this at all last week last time we did Dark Pandosaurus this week, but Zooks, like lost her memory. <laughs> yeah. So that's true. By the way. She like lost all her memories and she spends like this book like learning that she doesn't want to remember yeah trying to anything. figure it's, out things and then she's like you know what it's fine I don't know I feel bad like I feel like she was a character that could have been really interesting and had a really interesting arc and instead just like what a sort of girlfriend yeah like she very she got shunted to the side very quickly it felt like they didn't yeah. they, like he didn't really know what to do with her yeah um I wonder I bet she comes, She must come back in the I feel like all of these characters come back in each Jedi order I hope so The ones that survive I mean I know Kip Drawn plays a pretty big Yeah, Kip shows up again for sure. Kip is actually in one of the young Jedi Knight books that we haven't read. Like in the last Uh, Like I don't think he has a big part, but he like stops by. Stops by, yeah. Hans True Son. Yeah. (laughs) He seems to love Kip more than Oh, like he spends way more time with Kip than he does Yeah, with his kids. His kids. So, okay, well, we actually have a little, we have a little time, so maybe we could talk about Turfin. uh Okay. Because, Let's talk about Turfin. well, Turpfin is an interesting thing, because Turkfin and Kip have basically the same kind of story yeah. of, like, betrayal, re- possession, and redemption. Right, redemption, yeah. But Turkfin seems to feel way worse about what he did. even Right, and he didn't do as bad things. He, he didn't do nearly as bad of things. And he had no control whatsoever. Yeah, so he I, we talked a little bit about him in Dark Apprentice, but he's a uh, Maron Calamari. I don't remember the backstory, but he like has like half of his brain is controlled basically by like Imperial forces, right? And he's like forced to do terrible things through this mind control. So he doesn't want to. So he betrays Almor Akbar. And he's the one who who betrays him in Dark Apprentice. Um, and he is working for oh my god, what's his name? Fergan. Fergan. This thick Right, is the guy who's like, We're gonna kidnap a Megan and raise him as our own and then he'll be like, our sweet boy and we'll like, train him to take over the galaxy or whatever. It's a stupid plan. But so he knows what Fergan's doing and he realizes that Fergus going after this kid, um, this baby, and he's like feels real bad about it, and so he's the one who goes to Yavin Four and tells Leia, like, your son is in grave danger. I'm so sorry. Like, I know this is yeah, because entirely my fault. When um when Kit blows up the Karita star system, I guess like whatever was keeping uh Turk right. right from like he, like he he's, he's yeah. freed from Imperial control, he's right. and once he's in possession of his own mind, yeah, he confesses right. everything. Yeah, so like, and nobody seems that upset with him. No, Leia's like kind of tense, but. Yeah, but she's always Yeah, a, she's just so not a nice person. When he goes to Monk- when they go to Montgomery to get Admiral Akbar, Admiral Akbar sees Turpin and like weeps. He's <laughs> like I you are my best friend. Like I'm so happy you're here. Like he's also he's you know, Turpin survives a sort of like attack on Anas and he's like, What are you guys gonna do to me? And Admiral was like, Well you live, like you have to live with the guilt of like this and like I don't yeah, his story of like redemption is way more compelling and makes more sense than, than Kip's. Like, but like he is put his look, he is put through more. He yes. has yes. to do more to redeem more. himself than yes. Kip has to do to redeem himself. Yeah. yeah when Turpin was just kidnapped, tortured, mind controlled, puppeted and as soon as he had the opportunity to do the right thing, he did the right he thing. Does it. Did he do That's it in the right way? Probably not. Did he make yeah. crazy choices, like stealing yeah. a plane when he could have just take, uh, taken one and causing a big incident yeah. in Coruscant that was weird and not worth talking about? Sure. Yeah. But he did the right thing. Right, but he eventually did the right thing, yeah. Like, and yeah, Cap, like, almost murdered Han, did murder mm-hmm. his brother on accident. Mm-hmm. Right, and, and he murdered billions, millions if not billions Yeah, millions of if people. not billions of people. There had to be some winners in there. They weren't all bad. Yeah. And, well... As Eddie Izzard said. Yeah, I know where you are. Yeah. You kill one person, that's murder. You kill millions, don't know what to do. Almost like, well done. Yeah, Yeah, we can't, mentally cannot process. We cannot deal with this. Yeah. So yeah, maybe that's what happened there. just like, we don't know how to even. We don't know how to deal with this, so. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, and he, and he seems like sort of fine at the end. Like, he's not tortured, like, mentally by what he did no. in the same way that Turpin is who like physically couldn't do anything like yeah Turpin was physically forced to do those things had no choice All and I guess maybe we're supposed to think that Kip was like physically forced to by Exorcune but like there's nothing really in the book to suggest that that's like no <laughs> it's just like Kip was like falling to the dark side being like I'm an Exorcune uh, wants me to follow the dark side but I'm not doing that as I fall right. to the dark side like dark side yeah so yeah, I don't. Also, you can use the dark side to keep mosquitoes off of you, and maybe that's yeah. worth falling to the dark side for. <laughs> like, if you're in a swampy area, maybe think about <laughs> maybe like to consider the dark side because <laughs> that's a great power. Yeah, <laughs> it seems like maybe. <laughs> Anything else? Yeah. I just feel like the Ma installation was really overwhelming. <laughs> the mar- yeah, my hatred of the Ma installation <laughs> subplot was really uh. Oh, really? yeah, why didn't... They should have brought 3PO to take care of the twins. <laughs> oh, I heard some of that down. <laughs> I said, like, why isn't 3PO taking care of the kids? Yeah, just leave it. Just leave it on Coruscant with 3PO. Yeah. Nobody else wants to do this, so just... And he said, he says to Chewie's like, I really wish... Yeah, he's like stayed with the kids. I don't know why I'm here. I could have been. I would have been more useful yeah, taking care of the I kids. <laughs> and plus, I could have seen R2D2, and I really miss R2D2. Like yeah, he, he talks about R2 a lot in this book. Yeah, he talks he about his like counterpart. I miss my counterpart R2D2. You know who'd be useful here right now? My counterpart R2D2. R2 R2 like yeah. my counterpart R2D2 would know what to do. And he doesn't get to see him to see at him. the end of the book. Yeah. They still have not taken three people to visit R2D2. Yeah, I mean. 3 I think, maybe the unsung hero of this trilogy, because he really, like, is the only person who seems, like, very concerned about the safety of these kids. Like, is taking any time to learn about child care and what children need. Yeah. Like, only one who knows anything about child development is 3PO. And the horrifying death machine droid. <laughs> I want to see a picture Which, of like, we haven't actually picture. talked about. We just, like... Yeah, okay, so, <laughs> when Anakin's on a knot, Winter... Is this main caretaker, who is Leia's, like, old friend from childhood. But there's also this horrifying monster <laughs> nanny droid, which is, like, a droid that can do all the things, apparently, that, like, you need to be able to do to take care of a baby. It was, like, invented because, like, I guess senators and, like, smugglers don't have time for their kids, which is, like, seems like a dig at Hanalea. Yeah. Also, don't seem to have time for their kids. <laughs> but it has, like, fleshy arms. Yeah. And it has like, four. F- Four fleshy arms. Yeah, four fleshy... Oh, it sounds like a nightmare machine. Like, it is the most... It has four fleshy arms, like, so it can, like, hold the baby. And a fleshy chest for the baby to snuggle. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like it at all. <laughs> and it can play, like, music. Yeah, music. Which, yeah. and, like, I guess this is what they left Anakin with, obviously, when they were dropping the kit- dropping Jane Ellen was on. It was just Anakin and this. And the death man. <laughs> <laughs> and so when the Imperials, uh, which is just Fergan and a stormtrooper, show so right. up kidnap Anakin the nanny droid is, like, backed into a corner with Anakin behind her, and she's like, look, yeah. you can't take this baby. You gotta go right. now. It's the baby's nap time. <laughs> Shoo. Yeah. And they're like, well, we're gonna take the baby. And so she puts a bulletproof apron over yeah. Anakin, mm-hmm. and then her arms all fall off, and there are machine right. guns underneath yeah, them. Yeah, she's a death machine. <laughs> a nanny droid death machine. And she's like, you can't take the baby. And she murders the right. stormtrooper, And then they shoot her, and so then they do take the baby. But then, what is Anakin uses the force to like uses the force again? These kids are apparently like baby gods, (laughs) just do anything. Yeah, he somehow uses the force to like knock him out or. I don't know. He uses the Force, and then Leia. And yeah, like, he uses the Force to, like, summon the, the husk of the droid to to shock the guy or something and to drop that again. That droid's terrifying. <laughs> it's just... But there's a lot of those out there, that those things are caring for yeah. multiple children. I mean, now I'm thinking it's a wonder that Jason didn't become Darth See, like, <laughs> Yeah, he should have been Darth in kindergarten. Like yeah, if he could wield a lightsaber and save his uncle from... Pterodactyls then, you know, maybe maybe could be. Also, this puts Luke's whole like, no, I don't think you're ready to wield a lightsaber thing. Yeah. And, like why didn't this moment? <laughs> yeah. I guess Jason just doesn't remember it and Luke was just I mean, that's probably a good thing because And Luke's like, you know what, I should I should never tell anyone that I did that because I oh, yeah, think that they'd be mad. Or, those those twins really seem, like, unaffected by everything that happens to them. I guess that might be what makes them the creepiest as far as them being, like, creepy and not quite right. Is that, I mean, little kids are so sensitive to their environment and, like, so easily shaken or upset and so, like, into their routine. And these kids just, like, could not care less about who is taking care of them, about where where they they are. are, about anything like yeah yeah they're like not sitting on their own beds they don't have their stuff like and they're just like whatever you know, it's fine could not care less yeah Seeing ghosts no whatever that's fine <laughs> this is gonna be tougher than it was when we would hit well, this is gonna be a tougher one i know than it was when we did this in young jedi knights but we've reached the end of another saga so the question is like what would you change like if you had the opportunity to like shift this around, slice it up, tighten it up. I know the constellation scientist's around. constellation right out the door. <laughs> done. I would really, and I think maybe I said this when we read Jedi Surge, like, I would just focus on the development of the Jedi Academy. Like, that would be the, the, like, center of this series, and it would be more detailed, and we would explain how Luke was gonna do this, <laughs> in like, some more, you know, specifics. I think I think we would spend more time with Luke and like get a real understanding of why he wants to do this. Um, and maybe he'd be happy to do it instead of just like whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think with I think there is an interesting story about Han and Leia and they're raising these kids. And like I think if instead of just like saying throwing your hands up and being like, Whatever <laughs> about the choices that they're making and just like having them make choices because you want the story to go on in a certain direction. I think maybe exploring like the challenges of them having to deal with these kids who people just constantly want to kidnap, um, and like how to be parents and how to be parents together would be an interesting story. I like Kiptaron. I think you keep him. I think you keep please You keep the sort of like hidden imperial uh, base installation thing. Yeah, I wouldn't um, change. Too much from the first, from Jedi Search. I feel like the bones yeah. of Jedi Search are really solid. The bones are there. Solid. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. I would change the way Leia acts in Jedi Search. Yeah, Leia, in my version, doesn't cry. Like, one of my notes no, here is just, Leia doesn't cry. like, Jesus Christ, does Leia ever stop crying? Like, if I was yeah. going to read one more time about hot tears springing to Leia's eyes, I was going to yeah. lose my mind. I've seen Leia in five movies, and I don't think she's cried at all. No. Yeah, and if she, you're going to make Leia cry in a book, it better be for something big. Yeah. I mean, maybe she got a little bit choked up in Return of the Jedi when Luke was like, hey, let me lay a bunch of stuff on you all at once and then leave. Oh, yeah. And she does get – she, like, kind of cries to Han, but not, like, weeps. She's just like, hold me. Yeah, she's just, like – Because I'm sad. She's just, like, like, kind like, of like, emotional, but she's not – yeah. Like, yeah. She's not crying. crying. I don't think her face is wet. Yeah. Um – Yeah, she doesn't cry when they put her on the carbonite. She doesn't cry when Alderaan blows up. Like, yeah, like, why is this? She's a toughie. Why is she crying over everything? Yeah, Leia doesn't cry. I, as much as I love Lando, I'm not sure he needs to be a part of (laughs) this. Yeah, (laughs) like, let's maybe leave Lando out of this. I don't think Mara Jade serves the story. I, You know, again, we have not gotten to like Mara Jade when she's like, Mara Jade and cool. Yeah. But, like, I also don't think she necessarily needs to be No, I think that, I don't think we need to go back to Kessel once we leave Kessel. No, yeah, don't go back to Kessel. We don't need a second Death Star. The Sun Crusher is plenty. Enough. I would maybe take out all the stuff with, like, Mon Mothma. Yeah, because I I don't really know what that did, except be like, oh, Sagal has, like, magic healing. Well, and Leia becomes Chief of State. Yeah, but that also feels like such a throw. Like, it just doesn't feel like. Like, maybe that's Leia and Han's story is like, they're trying to deal with the kids. They don't know how to, like, best keep them safe. And Leia is, you know, being told by Mom Mothman that, like, you know what, I'm going to retire pretty soon and I want you to take over. And she, like, has to deal with making decisions about her family. Yeah, because, like, when, when she takes it, Le- it's a. The, what her inner monologue says is, like, Leia would be even busier than before. She would see less of Han, less of her children momentarily she envied the peaceful life of a lower functionary who could leave work at the end of the day and go home, letting unfinished tasks wait for tomorrow, but she had been born a Jedi and raised by Senator Bail Organa her life had been focused towards a greater destiny, and she could not shirk either her public or her private burden like, why? (gasps) yeah, I I don't know why doesn't Uh, she get a choice? why don't any of these characters feel like they're making choices? it would be so much more interesting if she was making a a choice. choice And if, you know, it had consequences and if she were dealing with this with, like, Vaughn and her kids and all of that stuff. If her kids cared that she was never around. Right. They seem fine. Yeah. They don't miss her at all. Yeah. I do think, yeah, I think think there's something, and we've talked about this before, but I do think there's something to be said about, like, a Star Wars family drama. Yeah. But, like, you can have subplots, like, the Jedi Academy is going to have some interesting like, force, you know, jedi subplots right the subplot with kip on is going to have the sun crusher right and the sort of like big you know technological dilemmas but like i think it's fine to have a subplot that's maybe just like han and leia like maybe having marital problems and han's like never around and she's trying to you know work in the new republic and raise these kids and you know, maybe they're questioning the choice of leaving Anakin with that. that <laughs> machine. And they're like, you know, maybe we should bring him home. And they're like, well, yeah, but it's like super dangerous. Like, spend some time talking about the interesting ideas that you lay on the table. Because it does nothing to put them on the table and then just like, we're going to have pastry jokes instead. <laughs> right. Like, it, 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 because there are interesting high point, right? There are interesting ideas or interesting characters brought up in this trilogy, but they do not come together to make any kind of cohesive statement or art. No. No. Not at all. And I would say like, on the one hand, I do think maybe it's an interesting choice to have Kip still be around, that he can be doing stuff at the end. I don't need him to have sacrificed himself but on the other hand, right. like, I I need to see something from him because, I mean, he has done just unspeakable. He has survived yes. unspeakable horrors and he has now done unspeakable things. Like, I don't even know how he how could function as a character anymore. Like yeah. Well, that's the thing. Again, we've talked about this. But, like, that these characters go through so much. And they experience insane amount of loss and terror and near death every book and so like you need to step back and let these characters feel feelings and talk about what's happening instead of just like constantly throwing them into danger because at at a certain point and by this book i was like you know i don't care like yeah i'm not worried about anybody not you know obviously i know who survives but like i'm not worried about anybody that was the thing about Huntsville trilogy that you know you had said was so great about it and i agree is that even though we know who survives these books, there was still tension, and we're still worried about these characters, and, like, compelled by the story at hand, right? Even though we know where it's going. Um, yeah. And, like... Like, you're still making it interesting. Right. Like, we know what's going to happen with Han and Chewie, but suddenly we, like, we learn to care so much about Marv. Like... <laughs> right, yeah. Like, I, I if Marv hadn't come back in the third book, I would have been pissed. Like, <laughs> I want to see those characters, right? And so, with, there's a lack of that here. Like, no, this a book is just too much like like playing with your action figures, right? Like yes. Okay, yeah. we're gonna do it over here and do this and like let's go over like it's too yeah. busy and chaotic. And it doesn't feel yeah. like a story. It just feels like Yeah, series a events. series of events. Yeah. Which Yeah. And I mean it's so crazy because and I guess that maybe that's why I did like it when I listened to it when I was younger, because There are there's so much to be interested in, but yes, it's really yeah. There's a lot of shiny things. Yeah, there's, but it's just like tangled in front of your face. It's all shiny things, but it is it's yeah. There's no pausing and saying like okay, let's like discuss what just happened. Like there's no time to breathe and let the characters kind of figure out where they are in the story. Right? It's just like they're constantly being pushed. Yeah, but I mean, if we we could just like do parallel stories of like. Luke trying to figure out how to train, find and train new Jedi Knights, and Leia and Han trying to figure out how to raise a family with these Jedi babies. And there's plenty of room for those stories to overlap and intersect, but also you could create, find ways to create conflict there. Like, maybe there could be, like, differences of opinions among characters. Yeah, Yeah. like, maybe, like, yeah, disagree with each other. Yeah. (laughs) But, I mean, there's just, like, no relationships. Yeah. I would not get rid of the blob races because <laughs> <laughs> I would, keep, that's just I would keep I wouldn't keep the whole like sex with subplot but <laughs> I want to know they more about that blocks. guy back <laughs> this book, yeah that's right he gets a pop in the finale like oh that guy's over there with the duchess mistale he looks really unhappy in his life I wonder what yeah. his thing is He's really unhappy in his life because you put him back. <laughs> it's like <laughs> a, a back joke back. for the reader. We know he's the Duchess Mistral sex slave. Sex slave. Yeah. Like, uh, there's just like a lot. Ha- it's just too much. It's so much that I like in this book. I started to just like shut down and just be like, Yeah, no, I didn't make any notes for like the last twenty five percent of it because yeah. I, was just oh, like, I didn't yeah. Get me to the end of this book. Yeah, I mean the eggs are cute. Stuff is good. Yeah, that stuff yeah, that sort of like turns the dark side you know stuff for the most part. I the Gantora stuff in from Dark Prentice I thought was pretty good. Yeah, I mean I would it, I would have it take a lot longer, but yeah, it happened kind of fast, but like that was interesting. And it so I mean, and that is kind of crazy because what was so one of the things that was so effective in Young Jedi Knights was the subtlety with which Zex falls to the dark side. Was yeah, handled. yeah, we really, yeah. And that's Even just, like, that completely was... absent here. Characters just, right. like, hit the dark side, switch in the morning. <laughs> like Immediately. <laughs> at the One of the very last things in the book, just summing up Luke here, is uh, thinking about his... Uh, and he says, "You're champions of the Force," which I wonder if Leia was like, "Hey, Luke. By the way, I called them champions of the Force, and I really felt like it landed. You should find a way to yeah, so, like let's let's put that in our rotation of quotes, like that we Let's keep that going." Um, he says, uh, "There would be other students, new trainees, who would come to his Jedi Academy. Luke had to face the fact that he might lose a few to the dark side." <laughs> Just <like laughs> yep, that's the way the cookie crumbles. <laughs> he could <laughs> he could give a crap. He's learned oh, yeah. nothing from his experiences at all. It's just like, I'm doing a great job. Come to my Jedi Academy. In two and a half weeks, I'll have taught you everything I know. Right. And then you can just, like, do whatever you want for as long yeah. as you want. You know, if you fall on the dark side, my bad. Like, so sorry. I'll give you your money back. Yeah. Like, man, like there's brackets. Yeah. It's <laughs> okay. Yeah. We will see brackets. He's in I think New Rebellion. It's one of those standalones, so Good. I miss him. Good. He was yeah. right about Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was 100% right about Luke. <laughs> no, and then he just turned out to be a big dump. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> but uh, at first but he read Luke like a book. Yeah. I guess I guess we've done this. Like yeah, so we're taking a little bit of a different direction the next couple weeks. Yeah. We're gonna do two standalone novels, which we have not Done, done much, not not much. Yeah, so the first we're going to tackle is I, Jedi, mm-hmm. which is written by Michael A. Stockpole, who did the X-Wing series, which we will also read at some point. Didn't he also um, have a talent Palace? Didn't he? I think so. He might have. Um, he's like a well-known yeah. Star Wars writer. But I, Jedi sort of stands out, and I remember this one being released, as in it being kind of like a big one. Um. And so it's the first Star Wars novel I'm reading from the Wikipedia, by the way. It's the first Star Wars novel written in the first-person perspective of a character never seen in the movies, which is interesting. Hmm. Um, and it takes place around the same time as Jedi Academy tri- Jedi Academy Trilogy. Um, and it says, like, the Jedi Academy Trilogy, I, Jedi, is notable in that it provides a detailed first-hand look at the training. Yeah, Jedi Academy Trilogy didn't do that. First-hand look at the training of a Jedi Knight, um, and it revisits some of the situations that come up in this uh, trilogy so so and my recollection is this book was like different and pretty well regarded in terms of I so I have this book I have a bookmark with a polar bear from like 1997 in the middle of the book I definitely didn't finish it <laughs> <laughs> that right now. Um, and you didn't read this one I don't think so either so this is going to be an interesting... So we're going to bring... We're, it's an author we have not really spent a lot of time with. It's a character, Corrin Horn, who is a character we have not He doesn't even get mentioned in here when they're running down the list of, of guys. Yeah. So it'll be an interesting one. So we're doing I, Jedi, if you want to sort of get a head start on what we're reading. I, Jedi. Then we're going to finally get to the Crystal Star, which I am both... So excited about it, and also very worried <laughs> about what that book's going to be. Um, So we're going to do those two standalones, and then we're going to jump into Thrawn, finally. Woo! I think we're finally so like ready. summer. It's going to be... Yeah, I think we can. I mean, I don't know. I was just flipping through the first Thrawn, and it is like... Oh no, it's not that one. I, Jedi, really long. I, Jedi, like long. Page. I mean, I mean, we're pretty... We're getting, we're getting it down to the We've got a We can do it. Yeah, yeah, I think we can do it. But uh we have a lot of uh, we we have a lot of training in reading books quickly. So, yes, that is that is our training. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have that many professional skills, but we can knock out 400 pages in an yeah. afternoon. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, yeah, I basically read Champions of Force today. I read a little bit yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I read it all yesterday. It was... Yeah. So, yeah, you know, we can we can do it. So, yeah, join us next week for I, I think what should be a very different Kind of book that we've done. Yeah, I try an interesting which you Alrighty. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. If you would like more information, please check out our website, adolescence for show notes and info about upcoming episodes. We're also on Twitter, after underscore alderon. We're on Instagram, Adolescence After Alderaan. And if you would like to touch base with us, ask questions, participate in the conversation, you can email us at Alderon at gmail.com. Thanks so much.